here's your host, Alex Garrett. Next up is my very special guest. Let me read his story first. 30 years ago, during a Cleveland Browns preseason game, my mom was over eight months pregnant with my twin brother and I when her water broke in the third quarter. Like a true Browns fan, she refused to leave until the final whistle. So, you can get where the story is going. Before I would share the story to illustrate my loyalty as a fan. Now I am fortunate to share the story as a representative of the Cleveland Browns Director of Corporate Partnership, Roger Jones. Oh my gosh, when I saw this story, I was like, I have to get you on. Not only because my Giants are playing you guys this weekend, but because you are a lifelong Browns fan from like before birth. You know, this is quite a story. So we'll get to the game in a minute. But 30 years ago, your your mom's water breaks in the third quarter of Browns game. And now you're working for the Browns. Just start there with your journey because this is fascinating to me. Yeah. First off, Alex, it's a pleasure to be on. I'm really excited. I'm happy to talk some Browns and Giants. Uh, but, yeah, I'll start with the story. First off, I have to give a shout-out to my mom, right? Because without my mom, the story, we, we're not even here, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you this. So she, she saw the post. She loved it. But she had one uh, correction. She said, uh, she doesn't like the term water breaking. It's active labor. Mind you, my mom was a nurse. She's a retired nurse and was a nurse for years. So I, I, I have to correct everyone and say, I'm sorry. She was in active labor. <laughs> you guys know what that means. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, it, listen, I always tell people, and it's so funny, anytime I talked about the Browns or being a Browns fan other than this year, everyone always like, why? How could you – endure such misery for so long right and i basically i would tell him this story this was my favorite story i'm like listen i was literally almost born at municipal stadium (laughs) with me and my twin brother as jim brown's running up the 50 right right? (laughs) bernie cozer dropping back (laughs) the the crazy thing though is it was a preseason game like the game didn't even count and she would not leave. And the, the fortunately for her, so my grandfather was a uh, Cleveland police officer, and he worked security for Browns 80 in the cast. So, like, obviously they didn't have cell phones back then, mm-hmm. but they were able to get word to him. So, like, he was able to make sure that she had a easy pathway. And like I said, she was a nurse, so she worked at Met, uh, at the time she actually worked at Cleveland Clinic and was able to... Sure. Uh, get there and and next thing you know the next morning pop out two twin boys so you're only 30 by the way just so i get that right I'm, yes i'm 30 so the wow. game the game the date was actually august 19 1990 and it's so funny i did not expect this to blow up like it did uh but someone tweeted it and then darren Ravel tweeted it oh uh, wow and but here's the thing. This is how you know, like, media and Twitter and, like, everyone's, like, digging. Someone literally was trolling so hard, they dug up the game and said, just like in Brown's fashion, they lost. They did. They lost by three points. <laughs> That's fantastic. By the way, shout out to my mom, whose birthday is today. So, happy birthday, happy mom. Birthday. And happy uh, birthday. it's just so funny that we can connect right then and there. Uh, one other story she knew I was going to be a baseball fan because I was kicking at Shea Stadium, uh, and she's like, "You're," and she just knew. And sure enough, I'm a baseball guy. I love, I love the sport. So, who, who's your, who's your 
Well, Yankees mainly, but I support the Mets too, here and there. Okay. <laughs> but let's be honest about this team, because the Browns, as you say, have been in futility for years. And I'll be honest, when Breaker Maysfield came into the league, I thought this kid might be too immature. Like he's stomping flags on the midfield line. He's doing these weird hand gestures after every touchdown. But look how mature he became and a leader he's truly been that I think Cleveland looked for when they drafted him. Listen, I'll tell you this about Baker. And the funny story is I actually worked at the University of Akron. And the first time I got to see Baker was we were playing, Akron was playing Oklahoma uh, for our season opener. And I got to fly down to Norman uh, with the team. And in the first half, the score was only 7-3 to three, Oklahoma. I thought we, at the time, and we're like, man, we got a chance, right? Mm-hmm. We, well, we, we, they had Samaje P. Ryan as, as the running back, and we were stuffing them. We were defensively, we were on, and we, I was like, man, we have a chance. We had a couple, we had a couple miss, we had a miss field goal and a miss uh, fourth uh, down play in the red zone. And I'm like, we're this close. We're down seven to three at half. Mm-hmm. Come out second half. Let's just say the end of the score was 45-3. to We had no chance. I got to see Baker firsthand on display when he was – and that was his Heisman year. And I I was like, wow, this guy, he's undersized, but there's just something about him. So when we drafted him, number one overall, remember that. Like, Mm -hmm. there were some some quality players in that draft. You know, I I had my my doubts, but I just also knew – his mentality. And you know what? I'll say this. When he got came in and and got that win on on I think it was Monday night football uh, against the Jets. Yeah. We we opened up the beer fridges. There was something I said this guy has he has some Cleveland. Oh, the Cleveland beer. I'll I remember those those the, days. Yep. Over the over the 3 years. It, here's the thing about Cleveland and Cleveland fans and, and people from the Midwest. Now, you know, I'm, I'm saying Cleveland, but the Midwest. Like, yeah, you know, we got a little edge to us. We can be a little immature at times. But there's something about us when we put our minds to it and we we put in the work, like, mm-hmm. we, we overcome adversity. And I think that's the thing that you're seeing from Baker. And he's starting to shine. Well, we'll talk about, again, the game this weekend. But, um, you know, opening up the fridges and Baker himself. Um, for Jet fans though, you guys have had the number one seed for a lot. Let's be honest. You've had the number one for quite a few times. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you advise them to root for number one or could that always be a risky pick? Man, you know what? I, so you bring up a good point. Um, like obviously it's a nice thing to have be number one, right? You have options. Um, but I think it's risky. You know, I, I always, I always lean to the side. It's risky because it's. Here's the thing. It it is it is temptation to pick the this touted Trevor guy Lawrence who's been touted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's been touted. And and here's the thing, if you don't, everyone's yelling at you, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's yelling. I actually like I love what the Patriots always do, right? They they use that draft and they go build more assets, right? Because the thing about football, football's not basketball, right? Where one guy can change your whole organization, LeBron right. James, Cavaliers, right? Yeah. Uh, Zion Williams, right? You know, like like there's one guy who can change your whole uh, dynamic of your franchise. 
football is a multi-layered sport. No matter if you have a really great quarterback or a really good quarterback, if you don't have the pieces around him, Joe Burrow. We all saw how Joe Burrow was the right pick for Cincinnati, right? Mm -hmm. But look at him now, right? (laughs) So, so, and that's, that's the thing. I think it's, it's, it's risky and sometimes it can be to your detriment. You know, you bring up a point about evaluating the players and everything. I mean, there's a reason why 53 guys make the roster, right? Because it takes every one of them. Um, And so that's why I'm glad we're sticking with two extra preseason games. I think the four are very important for the league. Um, But Roger, you're in Cleveland, which is now in the news again, this time for the Indians. I don't know because you're working for a fellow team if you can comment, but do you think it's the right move? Do you think this is a it's time moment or what do you think of that? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to comment as a fan, right? Okay. You know, uh, I, I have friends over at that organization. I love the organization. Funny story, um, my father, that was the first sporting event I've ever went to. Uh, and it, it's funny, my father is very old school. I mean, he, I mean, here's the thing about Cleveland fans that you have to know. We don't, there's no Cleveland fan who just likes the Cavs. There's no Cleveland fan who just likes the Indians. There's no Cleveland fan who's just a Brown fan. We like them all. Like we mm-hmm. we ride or die with and our. You guys city. are in close proximity to each other too. Oh oh, oh yeah, we're exactly. You, I mean, if you're going to a Cavs game, you can walk to an Indians game. Mm-hmm. If, if you really want to, you can walk to the Brown Stadium. Uh, you know, I catch an Uber because you know code and everything. You know, sensitive to the weather. Uh, but the funny thing is, wh- how I fit, truly feel about what 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 the Indians are doing, and you know, I mean, they're going to keep that name until uh, for this season. But here's the thing. I, I'm a first, I'm a black man in, in, in America, right? And there is sensitivity to it. Um, obviously, I've worn, I love Chief Wahoo. I love the Indians. I ride or die with them. But here's the thing. Regardless of the, the nickname, I'm going to always ride or die with that baseball team. You know, I'm always going to support them. I'm always, they're always going to get my money. And the fans of Cleveland are always going to love them. <laughs> it's time for us as a people to start realizing it's beyond sports, right? Mm. These nicknames matter. The The way these character characterizations, they matter. I mean, I always feel like, I mean, if there was a team called, you, you know, uh, the, 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 the Cleveland Negroes or, or whatever it is, I would not appreciate that, right? You know, mm. I cannot represent that. So I think they're doing the right thing. I think it's obviously beyond time. I think Washington... Uh, football team did the right thing I think what it is we have to care about people more than we actually care about nicknames you know you mentioned the red the football team sorry Washington football team but we're because, still all getting used to it because that name is is gone now people are like oh sales are going to go down we didn't really see that because Washington can't have fans but do you think the fan base would have decreased or do you feel like they would have the same mentality that you guys have ride or die so here's the thing I, there's going to be there's always going to be a subsection that that you know has their feelings right and i i that that's fine that mm-hmm. the, and, and i feel like they're entitled to um but but here's the true thing i think what's going to happen is eventually people are going to still miss and feel that we're in a pandemic right right we all we're all itching to just get back to the arena the stadium uh uh the ballpark mm-hmm. um i think this is actually a great opportunity and we're, we're seeing a ton of pivot and see the world just change to for the for, for, for the Cleveland baseball team. And I was, I was calling them 
to to rebrand, mm-hmm. to to reintegrate themselves within the community. And I think if they do it the right way, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see less of that and more of people just ga- uh, galvanizing and, and rallying around the, the team. And by the way, Washington football is actually up in the uh, be, beating us in the NFC East right now. So there's but, something to but, it. But, so I got a friend who works there, and I, I said, I actually texted him uh, after they beat the Steelers. I'm like, y'all trying to mess around and get in the playoffs, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned pandemic, and I know you just became director of partner uh, of corporate partnerships, so it's probably a tough question to answer. But finally, you guys are having fans. You saw them on Monday night. Fans are there. It's very different. But as someone who's a director of these partnerships, how do you manage it during a pandemic right now? What did you walk into? Yeah, yeah, you know what? The the truth of the matter is you have to be open and honest with people. And you just have to you have to realize that we're all facing the same issues, right? I mean, we're all sitting at home talking via uh like this. Yep. Uh, yeah, like this. This is the new I would say this is the new in-person handshake, right? Mm-hmm. Um where you meet people. Um but you just have to realize that we're all facing a, a bunch of different issues and you just have to come at it with a huge like a human to human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when, when we talk to our partners and we, 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 we ask them like, what's, what's struggle? Like, where's your struggle? Like, what's your issues, right? And then what we do is we come back and we say, okay, what can we do to help solve or provide solutions in this tough time? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, without our fans, without our partners, without our community, what are we really? Mm. And, and, and and here's the thing. I mean, without our players too and our staff, I mean, what are we truly doing? And the the one thing that we all have in common is we're all humans. We all, at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to make a living. We're trying to feed our families. And we're trying to make sure we're healthy in this global pandemic where we're all facing a bunch of different issues. So, you know, we're coming to it as a, hey, I'm human, you're human. How can we help together and grow together? And that's really that's really what we have to do. And has the fan allowance helped build, you know, the partnership up again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think here's the here's the thing. The one thing that if there's a positive to do this pandemic, it's there's this anticipation and buildup that we all want this to to end, right? Mm-hmm. And we all want to get back to our normal lives, get back to ball games, see our friends, hug them, kiss them. Maybe, maybe not hugging and kissing. Maybe we might still elbow. Yeah, and, elbow. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe do the the, the kick thing. But <laughs> we all want to be around each other, right? I think what we're we're starting to get is, and and I think most people thought we would just get more normalized with this environment. But I think what it truly is is. And over years, we've seen more people just like on their phones, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we're missing that human to human interaction. And and I think what this is going to end up doing, once we get normalized, once restrictions start going away, um, and we can be face to face more, I think we're going to start seeing people have real conversations and 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 really just enjoy the human to human contact interaction. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're seeing it over the holidays. How many people are like, they can't go see their families. They can't right. spend time. Or if they do, I think they're being unwise to a point, but that's, exactly. that's I, I applaud the idea, but then at the end of the day, it may not be the best idea right now. Like, like Alex, I mean, 
listen, I love that you're spending time with me today, but you, I mean, it's your mom's birthday. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know, I would love, I would love for you to be with your mom. Oh, and, I mean, and- uh, full disclosure, I still live at home. So we just celebrated before I jumped <laughs> yeah. the home. Well, then you know what? That's great. Tell mom I said happy birthday. <laughs> and I've been very, you know, for me, the pandemic was just such a shift. I was in a relationship that was sort of shaky and I finally got out of that. And now I'm doing this every day and I'm talking <laughs> to people I never thought I'd talk to. I think the pandemic helped my exploration of different ideas too. Let's be honest about that. So, so Alex, oh wait, one last thing I'll say, and it's a quote that one of my good friends, Danielle Patagonia, I love giving her a shout out, uh, told me, attitude is the difference between an ordeal and an adventure. And I think there's been two sides of it. I think some people have seen this pandemic as an ordeal, right? And those are the people who you hear, oh my God, I, you know, like, I can't do this, like all, all this stuff. I just can't wait till this is over. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to wear my mask, all, all, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But then you've heard people, like you said, it's allowed me to free up some time. It's allowed me to find some new avenues and things that I love. It's allowed me to get back in shape. I'm I'm about to get married. So, you know, I had to drop some LBs. I appreciate that. So it's 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 true. It's It's like there was two different routes we could take. You know, we could choose an ordeal. Or we can choose an adventure, and it's it's really in our mind. You know, Roger. So, have you been in the stadium at least to watch these games, or what? What's it been like for you? Yeah, so I got I was lucky and fortunate to watch the last game, uh, Monday Night Football. Oh, I was what able a to crazy go. night that was. Oh been. my! Listen, I'll tell you, it was like thirty years of emotions just all in one game. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you got to see us, you know, neck and neck in the first half, and then. Then Lamar Jackson, you know, scores, uh, takes him down real quick, scores before the half, and you're like, ah, we can't let that happen. Like, oh, my God, are we going to find a way to lose this game, you know, as a fan going through my head? And then they go up big. They come back right off uh, second half, score right away. And we're like, oh. And here's the thing. The typical Brown fan in me just said, it's over. It's over. Mm. The next thing you know, we come back, we punch back. And I'm like, I haven't seen this from this team. And at that moment, you realize this is not the same old Browns. This is a different team. This is a different mindset. So as a fan, you're like, I got to get out of this mindset. And it's funny, as an employee, you know, RCRO, Mike Mossholder, always tell, like, no, that's in the past. That's in the past. New mindset. We're winners. We're winners. And even though the result did not go the way we wanted to, Man, I'll tell you this. It was the most fun I've had uh, at a Browns game in a long time. A very long time. That is so cool. By the way, I've got to ask you about what, in case someone's in Cleveland listening to this, maybe didn't even know the stadium allows fans. Maybe there are people out there that don't know that. Um, What are the requirements for people to go to a Brown game this, this year? Yeah. So, so our capacity is, uh, it's, it's uh, 12,000 fans. Um, so obviously, you know, there wear a mask, right? You got to wear a mask. Um, so there's, there's a list, uh, when you walk in of questions you have to answer, right? You know, uh, have you been in contact or tested positive for COVID, uh, in the past 10 or 14 days? Um, you know, have, have you had a fever, uh, all, all those sort of protocols. Um, and then, you know, you obviously get a temperature check, right? So um, that's really the procedures. It's very similar to a lot of different uh, uh, pro sporting, especially NFL, 
protocols. Right. It's it's league wide, right? So the league, um, and then obviously working with your state, right? Put those it put those in place. So, but we are fortunate to have twelve thousand fans and allow twelve thousand fans uh, for for the for these games, so that we are, one our team is playing against or playing for some 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 people, but then also you know, like I said, mm-hmm. we all want to get out there. But yep. the, the nice thing is we. We have not had, and knocking on wood, um, any sort of, you know, cases or contract where, where the fans, you know, so uh, it's been working. It's been working. And that's a great thing. And that I think, that you you know, obviously baseball struggled a little bit this year, but I have to give kudos to the NFL and, and the policy. Um, so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, the player-wise, it's been tough seeing the positives, but overall, I think they've done an amazing job even making up those games. But, yeah, Roger, I, before we jump to this weekend, and I'm I, I'm sure you feel like there's something to say for having a Monday night than a Sunday night game featuring the Browns. That says a lot about your team. But um, in the community, you know, here in New York, in Albertson, Long Island, at my alma mater, the Henry Viscardi School, one of your own, Jim Brown, came out to the Viscardi School for an event called Sports Night. And uh, my dad's like, make sure you mention that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. So um, he was there the night Jack Nicholas was there. I mean, we've, and Gail Sayers was there, too. So yeah. I want to, if you could pass on that thanks to him, that would be great that he came on. You know what? I, 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 I will. I'll tell you this. So the first game I did go to was the Houston game. And I was, I was in mid-conversation. And come off the elevator is this. And the funny thing is, you know, obviously he's 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 a lot older in age, and and but like there's this this aura and presence about him, right? Mm-hmm. And it actually, you know, I I actually uh, obviously worked at Georgetown, and I contributed to the same as John Thompson. Uh, I mean, oh, wow. the John Thompson II had an aura about him uh, and a presence. I kid you not, I instantly knew I had to look up. You know, I was looking and I had to look up, and there goes. And he's the nicest guy. Hey, guys. You know, J- Jim Brown, the Jim legend, Brown. the legend, just walking casually by us, what, made sure to say hi to, like, the group. And we're, oh, hey, 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 legend, hey, how you doing? And, you know, it's just, and going, and I was like, and we all come back and we turn to be like, did you touch your shoulder? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is you, you grow up idolizing uh, these, 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 men who are beyond human and for them to still treat you like and treat everyone with such humil- hum- such kindness humility and and like you are a person it's just it's just beautiful it's just beautiful and i will i will i will i will try to pass that on to them thank you now roger um there is a game this weekend and I really don't think number eight should be starting for the Giants. I mean, I just, I don't know how that could be, because he's not healthy. But I want to focus on the Browns for a minute. You just have a Monday night game, Sunday night game. You're right in the thick of the AFC North, which I never thought I'd say up until like a couple of years ago, but there you are right in the thick of it. So what's, what's the mindset for them going into this weekend? Because the Giants are also just as hungry as you guys. Yeah, yeah. I I think it, I think you just got to be hungrier than the guy lying across from you. Right. I mean, listen, you came off a the probably, you know, everyone's saying the best game of the year, but you came off your you where you played then, if, if, especially the offense, you played 
a flawless game other than an interception and you lost right mm. to a to a to a divisional rival now you got to go get it you, mm. you you have to go up to new york you're traveling you're on the road they're hungry they're in they're in the thick of the playoffs i mean the the washington football team has a tough test against seattle mm-hmm. like they're thinking we we get a win like we're back into the the, the drivers. You're in the lead. The Giants are in the lead again. So, you and you have to squash that. You you have to come in and you have to say, I got to be hungrier than the guy lining across from me. And if you're the Browns, here's the thing: you win this game. I saw. I think I, I was looking at the percentage. Their percentage of making the playoffs goes to ninety five percent. You you control your destiny. You win this game. You don't overlook anyone. And and you finish the season out on the right. And here's the thing: you have to do this, this stuff because you're preparing for the playoffs. Right. You're preparing for something you've never been to. I I think the players know the moment, and I think they'll live up to it. Now, if I'm not mistaken, our quarterback is, or you know, stand-in Colt McCoy wasn't he a Brown for a while there? So this is going to be interesting. Listen, so you guys have a lot of former Browns trying to play play key roles here. I mean, with with uh, Jason Garrett, you know, uh, out for this game. I mean, our literally our former head coach is now calling plays. You got Colt McCoy. Uh, I believe is is um, why can't I think of his name? Running back. He's he's a running back. Uh, Trent, Trent, or... Isn't Trent Richardson Richardson on you yes, guys? Yes, he's roster? on that team too. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's yeah. on the roster. He's a former Brown. I think there's a a, a big list of former Browns. And you know what? It's funny. I actually texted my uh, my buddies when I saw the list, and I said, "Man, we're it's like it's it's around Christmas." I'm like, "Man, we're facing Browns Pass, right? Ghost of Browns <laughs> Pass." Browns alumni, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what was funny, and I kind of made a joke about it, but the immediate after Colt McCoy's announcement of coming back in on Twitter, yeah. I said, "Man, Colt's never been in such high demand." But I've got to ask. How big of a player was he in Cleveland? Did he get too much bad press? What was his story like there? I think he was one of the guys we didn't give enough of a chance. I actually was a huge Colt McCoy fan. Um, And here's the funny, this is where I actually became a Colt McCoy fan. It was actually Ohio State, Texas bowl game. Uh, You you recall, AJ Hawk was like engaged or dating his sister. And he drops back, and AJ Hawk just destroys him. Destroys him. Ohio State that won that game, by the way. And Cole McCoy bounced right back up. Bounced right back up. Like most other quarterbacks, you know, would would stay, be hurt, and bounce right back up. And when we drafted him, I actually, I kid you not, if you scroll through my old uh, Facebook, I, I mean, I the Colt, Colt. My QB, he's the guy. I loved Colt McCoy. I don't think we I mean he didn't we didn't have weapons. We didn't really have weapons around him. I thought he would turn out to be a really good quarterback. And you've seen he's been a very serviceable quarterback, very serviceable backup. Um he's been and I'm, without I'm, him, I don't know where I'm the actually really were. glad he's he's getting a chance to to showcase his skills. Without him, I don't know where the Giants are right now. I'll just be very honest about that. Alex, did I lose there. you? Nope, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Roger, can you hear me now? Ah, uh, repeat that. I, I think I think I lost you for a little bit. All right, well, we're we're back. Um, no, I was just going to say that 
without Cole, I don't know where the Giants are right now. I'll be very honest with that. So yeah, he's, he's well, been and, helpful. And think about last year. I mean, he he did really well with Washington too. I mean, so I, I I'm just glad he's still in the league, and I'm glad he has the ability to show that he still can perform at, at the highest level. Now, because we met through LinkedIn, I've got to ask you this. Um, your journey to get to the corporate director world. How did you do it? And for those aspiring to be in sports, what's your message? Because you literally went from the seats of a fan to now the front <laughs> office, so to speak. And I think everybody has that dream, but maybe some just don't know how to accomplish that. Yeah, listen. So the funny thing that I always tell people, you can be a pro and not be an athlete on the field, right? You can be a professional, right? Um, and I'll be, I'll be remiss if I did not say that you know i'm just a kid from cleveland right uh, and and i had a lot of people who opened doors and saw something in me that i didn't see in myself so uh one thing that i and i, I actually teach on the side and, and and mentor a lot of uh college kids and people trying to break into the industry or trying to advance in their career and the one thing that the advice i i give them is network but make it intentional, right? Make it intentional. Understand, do some self-awareness. Understand where what your skills are, where you want to be, and with your network, identify who can help you get there. But with that, be intentional of telling them where you want to be and what you want to do so that they know and they're prepared to help you, right? You know, I always tell, I always tell kids, uh, uh, that I, this is what I need. And I, I always give them homework. I say, I need three places you want to live, three or, three organizations you would love to work for, and then three areas you want to work in, and then your resume, right? If I know those things, I obviously am connected in the industry. So when I hear that there's a job opening for you know the, the Cleveland Browns in corporate sp- partnerships, and you know they're looking for this experience, and I have someone in my my network that fits that mode, I'm going to connect the both connect the dots, right? Because one, it helps the Cleveland Browns, but it also, you know, helps someone in my network and get them into the right place and the right fit. So like that's that's really what I always say. How long were you waiting for like that job opportunity to be open? Did you have a sense that would be open or listen, you want to know so here's the funny thing. So you you also asked, and this will answer your last question as well, is I really wasn't looking. So I worked eight years, eight and a half years in college athletics, right? Uh, I initially, uh, graduating OU, I thought I wanted to go pro. I actually had a job offer from the Cleveland Cavaliers in ticket sales. And, you know, I, that's, I thought, you know, I was going to accept it. My father had a, he had two houses. He was going to mm-hmm. let me uh, rent out the, the his second house. I was going to work for the Cavs. This was going to be all great. Um, well, I got an opportunity uh, for GM, and I'm going to shout him out, Paul Woody at the time of Ohio University. And he said, hey, I want you to intern for, for me and, and work in corporate partnerships. I'll teach, show you the ropes. And he basically like, you can stay in Barton in Athens because I was a bartender at the time. And I was like, wait, stay in Athens, stay in a college town in Barton? Done. I'm like, you have me You're about 20-something at that point, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah I'm 21. I'm freshly 21. I'm like, absolutely, let's do it, right? <laughs> so so I, I'm sitting 
on my, you know, working, work. I'm working for Georgetown, uh, and I get a I get a text from a mentor of mine, uh, Jared Nobles. He works uh, for the LA Chargers, and he sends me this job description for the Cleveland Browns, who was sent by uh, uh, a friend of mine who works for the Cleveland Browns, Amon Warren. And he was like, man, this is all you. And I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm interested, you know, it's Cleveland stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm good in college and everything. And he goes, well, Amon, I already told Amon, like she sent your resume, she's connecting, letting them know y'all, you interested. And so then I, I kid you not, it was, it was like the computer was listening to me. I, I'm on LinkedIn and I see the VP of corporate partnerships, David Safer, post the job description. So now I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me, let me go. Oh yeah. I was like, let me connect with him. Let me message him. Let me, let me, let me just have this conversation. I had six conversations and after each one, my interest level just started growing and growing and growing. And obviously, so I just mentioned, I, I, I'm newly engaged. Uh, my fiance's family is in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, right on the border of Ohio, about an hour away from Akron, right. and half away from Cleveland. And we're getting married up here. And we live in, you know, Maryland at the time, I'm, or Maryland. And I'm like, man, this, things, are, things are coming together. This, mm-hmm. this can make sense. And so, I, you know, I got to go to the boss. I got to go to the boss. And I asked her, I'm like, hey, what do you think? If like, if I got this job offer, like, what do you think? She was like, I kid you not. She just picked up her phone and called like her mom and grandma. I was like, we're moving back. (laughs) I was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. I I didn't even get the offer, pump the brakes. (laughs) So, so, I mean, I, I was not anticipating. I was very happy where I was working for Georgetown, working for Fox Sports. Um, And once it all unfolded, you know, I, I think it was just, it was fate, right? It was fate. And I said, you know what? I got to ride this wave. I got to take the chance. I got to go join the Browns and, 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 and go pro. So you were working at Georgetown before this you mentioned, or when did you work? What's it like yeah. working with Union, Ewing? Cause now you got me asking that now. So uh, listen, I'll tell you this about Patrick Ewing. What I said about John Thompson goes with Patrick Ewing. The guy just walk, seeing him walk, you're like, wow, you know, you're in, in the presence of greatness. Patrick Ewing is one of the kindest human beings that I've ever seen. I've never seen someone with that stature mm-hmm. treat everyone, I don't care who you are, like you're on his level. Wow. Like, I, so I, one of my favorite stories, we, we, we're on the plane to Butler. We played. We upset Butler late in the season. Um, I, we had a lot of guys out and everything, and we we grinded out to dogfight. We upset Butler. Patrick Ewing comes on that plane, and he's like, hell yeah. Hell, you know, just jacked up. And we're like, yeah, that's right, coach. And he's just, he just ready oh, to go with everything. I've seen him before. He's very animated on the court. I love it. But And you know what? Yeah, I mean, he's Patrick Ewing. He's a top 50 NBA Hall of Famer, absolutely. And, and he, the, the 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 prodigal son of Georgetown. You know, I I I will miss being around that. Um, I I I wish him and the Georgetown basketball program the best. I wish Georgetown the best, and I I know he's going to write the ship. Because here's the thing: Patrick Ewing gets guys to be dogs, right? 
and they they just grind out everything. So I I love it. I love being around them. It's just a very tough biggie. So I I actually do engineering and highlights for Seton Hall. So I'm very involved with that. Oh, and I'm half a mile away from my dream college, St. John. So I'm very involved with all of this dream university. Oh, and St. John, St. John, man, they are they're tough well, this year. They've lost two in a row. You know, they've lost a couple of tough games here, but I yeah. think they'll rebound. It's just that. I don't know if trying the Mullen George, you know, Mullen Ewing coaching glory days have worked mm-hmm. out well. To be very honest with you, I just I no, no, you, you're right, you're not wrong. Happened there, um, yeah. and it just, you know, they were great to watch as players, I guess, but as coach, it just seems Mullen's a lot was on his mind in addition to basketball too. So yeah. there was that. But Mike Anderson, you know, give him a couple of years, I think he can really change his program around. So we'll see. I completely agree. I agree. Now, Roger, as you're talking about your story, I've got to say there's a realism that people could do 5,000 other ways to blow the opportunity. So how do we avoid blowing an opportunity like you got and, and sticking with it to stay the course with it? Yeah, you know, you know, honestly, here, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. I talked about people opening doors for me, but at the end of the day, you got to put in the work. Uh, Kobe Bryant said it best, you know, an RP. Uh, love mm-hmm. Kobe. Uh, but he said it best. He said, people focus too much on my accolades, right? And they see that and they think they can do that. But what they don't pay attention to is the work that I put in the gym every single day. Mm-hmm. Regardless of people seeing the ability and the skills that you might provide, if you don't put in the work to, one, continue to improve on your skills and yourself, I always tell young people, I'm like, constantly be learning. Like, if you don't continue to educate, here's the thing. A lot of our industries have been involved. Look at look at what this year has been. You know, the, the, the buzzword is pivoting, right? Everyone had to relearn this life. And if you're unwilling to do so, or you, you, you have the hubris to believe that, oh, well, I'm just so good at it. Here's the thing. You're going to, you're going to get passed up. You're right. You, you have to be constantly improving your skill set. The professionals do it. Mm-hmm. That's why they work out. That's why they train. That's why they eat well. We have to do that in our industry as well. And it's not just about one person seeing your skills. It's about you showing everyone else that as well. So well, that, that, that'd be my tip. And I was going to say, because I'm on the, I, my dream job is play by play. That is my goal, hopefully. Yeah, and yeah. I did that in college. I did that as a kid. And I just love doing play by play. But like them, they get to the stadium like five hours, three hours early. You know, they don't just show up and do a game and then they do all the prep work. And the Wednesday, although Wednesdays have changed now because of the, the restrictions, but it's yeah. still a vital day in football. Like you still got to meet with everybody and everything like that. And these announcers make the time because they love it and they're paid to do it. Sure. But I think there's a passion behind it, too. You know, 100 so. So, Roger, this has been really awesome. And uh, we'll get into Big East as that tournament. The whole season progresses. I'm sure you're going to follow it as close as I am here because you've got uh, Georgetown, you know, ties. So we'll have you back on for sure for that. I lost you a little bit. Uh, I was going to say that we'll have you back on for Big East coverage too because now that I know that you're very involved there still, I'd love to have you on to talk that. 100%. I'd love to come back. And this is the other thing about, you know, sports in general. Like you, you have a net. You can't just like one thing. And it goes with yeah. athletes too. You can't just play one thing. You got to be involved with a lot of different areas of one industry, right? 
One hundred percent. I always say, you know what? Listen, it's it, it's great to focus uh, and 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 put your attention on on one in one lane. But here's the thing: what you do is you limit yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Cast a wide net. Cast a wide net, and here here's why: because there's so many doors and opportunities that you you may not know you actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. I have a good friend. His name's Patrick Stack. He he's a co-founder of a sports biz camp, which is a nonprofit that, that to your point helps educate uh, high schoolers and college uh, students about sports business 101, right? And it's from the professional view and it talks about our journeys and, and our experiences and how we got there and just leaving them tips. But Patrick opened my eyes to teaching. So he, he brought me on to uh, help uh, be a co-instructor for a sponsorship class at Johnson so cool. University. Yeah, so uh, shout out to my class. And I kid you not, I had no intention or belief that I would ever be an educator. I I didn't think that, you know, that was something I wanted to do. And after this has been my first semester, and I'll tell you, it's been so rewarding. The the direct connection I have to young uh, individuals who want to break in this industry and the ability for me to help connect them with those internships, connect them with opportunities, connect them with other sports professionals to provide advice and learn what their, their pathways they want to take. Uh, it's been the most rewarding. So for me, me casting that wide net, you know, that, that might be retirement, you know, will go on by being an educator. Well, and I'm sure that you, we both have the same story in the sense that all we want to do as a kid, because we grew up with sports, want to get into sports. But as your story and then my story is that I just got an opportunity to be at a conservative talk radio station. It wasn't what I was thinking about at the time. I want to be a play-by-play announcer right out of college. But I said, okay, let me take this. It's local. I can branch. I can diver. And now I've been back in sports through there, too. So it's like if you take the path God puts for you, firstly, and if you do cast that wider net, bigger things are going to happen. And so I've just learned that by getting rejected in play-by-play, but realizing, you know what? I can work on that while I'm actually working. So, Well, and, and here's the thing. Alex, you are building – one, you're building an audience – to an audience who may not be listening to sports uh, play-by-play, it, but you're also building your, your skill set. You're constantly learning and, and learning about the industry. So what we always see, we see what we the industry wants us to see, right? We don't see behind the curtains, right? But the moment you step behind, uh-huh. you start looking around and seeing like, oh man, this, like, this is big. This is mm-hmm. different. Now you know how to navigate, right? You know what you need to work on. You know what you need to 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 perfect and 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 hone in on that craft, and and now it gets you a step up, and you know the connections you need to make. So that's why I always tell some you know some 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 kids. I'm like, listen, I get it. I know you want to be me. You want to do corporate partnerships, but guess what? I didn't start in corporate partnerships. My right. first thing I ever did was facilities. But you know what? It's helped me in my career because now I know how to talk to the facility guys. When I need something from them, I know how to speak their language. Exactly. I worked in facilities. I know what 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 you know frustrates them, and I know what what makes them happy. I also know how to make their job easier. So when I'm having those conversations, I go in as a guy who provides a solution for them, and now they're like, "That's my guy." So so if I need something, I got it. They're going to take care of it because that's my guy. Roger, we need you to advise these leaders on how to get fans back in there safely. If you know facilities, I'm sure you know a way to get that done, too. 
Listen, man, I, I, I have a couple ideas. Like I said, my, my fiance is in healthcare. Um, if, if they give me a seat at the table, I'm, I'm happy to share. <laughs> and Roger, one of the things, you know, he's talking about if you could do facilities, but, you know, you, you want this, but you can do other things that works. Like, I'm talking sports with you now. I'm hoping by Monday I'm talking about this other situation in New York. 917,000 people don't have broadband access in New York City. That's a story worth covering. And so I love that I'm able, that I've been given a chance to bounce off different things, you know? So that's always important too. You listen, sports is fun. Sports, what sports does is it allows us to talk about, you know, things and, and, and get the escape of what's going on in the world. But to your point, we need to talk about what's going on in the world, yes. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, how crazy is it The one of the biggest cities in the world mm-hmm. has, it has so many people without broadband network? I never even knew until I read it. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, you don't even yeah, hear about exactly. it. So, um, <sighs> one of the things about, uh, about this niche, you know, podcasting and op-ed, and I, I wonder if you think the Cleveland Browns have been a victim to it, so to speak. But the media seems to always find the negative. They don't cover the wins as much. Was that the case with Cleveland? Like, was there actually good stuff that the national media or even local media didn't cover? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at it, man. Uh, it's there's there's a narrative, narrative, right? We just started talking about the Browns after the Tennessee win, right? They they went into that game seven or or eight or yeah eight and three. They win that right. game eight and three. Yep. The Cleveland Browns were eight and three in holding the fifth seed in the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns. Why are we just now talking about? Exactly. And, 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 and we talked about them after that win going into a Monday night game. Right. Against against the reigning MVP. Like, like so so and here's the thing, the narrative has changed from negative to, oh well, even though the Browns lost, they showed us something. They showed and I I'm like I'm like what why can't we just always talk about the positives? Like when when you heard about the Browns before, is Baker? He's not ready. He's not a franchise quarterback. Uh, they need to draft a quarterback. They need, why can't we just enjoy? And and so going away from the Browns, I'm all going to go to LeBron James sure. because I I'm a huge LeBron James fan, and we do this to LeBron too much. The man just won in that uh, a world championship during mm-hmm. a pandemic. But the first thing we want to talk about is, oh, LeBron, he's got six losses. He's not Jordan. Why can't we give – here's the thing. Why can't we give people their roses while, yeah. they're, while they're doing while they're being great? You know, I we, we want to focus – and this is not just sports, but everyone. We want to nitpick people's neg- uh, neg- negativity. And I, I think what a lot of it is is because innately, we're, we're a lot of us are insecure, uh, you know, and, and what we what – we, what we don't want to do is when we see somebody shine, we think that that makes us feel a little bit less. And mm-hmm. honestly, when I see somebody shine, I say, tell me how you're doing that. I want to follow you because exactly. I want to. Hey, Roger, one of the things, and I feel like speaking of basketball, the Knicks get all the bad press in the, in the city, right? So that's all we hear on the nightly papers whenever things are bad. Meanwhile, the Rangers, locker room over, winning a lot of important games. It just seems like the city went from covering sports naturally to like covering every win, to c- covering the bad stuff, 
And oh, by the way, a playoff team, you know, a team's doing a playoff run. We won't cover that till I actually get to the Stanley Cup. What is that? Yes. Oh my God. So I saw that with, so obviously I was in, in Washington when the Capitals oh, yeah. out their run. But, you know, to your point, all I'm hearing is the Wizards, you know, and John Wall and Bradley Bill and, you know, and I'm like, this Capitol team is, is balling. I mean, like, you, you covered them when they would, would lose uh, 3-1 leads and, you know, not right. make it in. And is Ovi uh, overrated? But until until they got to the Stanley Cup and won it, you know, everyone <laughs> – no one was talking about them. So, right. like, I got to see that firsthand. Um, yeah. You, you and know Ovechkin, I, oh, my gosh. I love – you know – I respect his talent and his character, and I'm just so proud he won it. Like he finally got his ring. That's what he was so looking for. Cool. So. I'm not even. I'm not even a DC fan. Uh, you know, I'm. I like. I. I will go back to the uh, the Cleveland Lumberjacks. You know? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, like I, I, I kid you not. Like just being in 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 DC during that time. Yeah, you you see it. We don't we don't celebrate winning like we should. And right? that. And we, this, oh, sorry. But that instills no, lack of confidence in our teams. That's the problem. Because we don't appreciate greatness as we see it. Like, I, here's the thing. We're just going back to the NBA. How many people are picking, picking the Miami Heat to come out of the East now? No one. This team, they grinded. They were the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. Beat, the, the, beat the number four seed, the number one seed, and then the number, number three seed. Mm-hmm. Yet we don't want to give them their roses just because they lost in the finals. We don't want to give them their roses like that. Right. That's it's Giannis world in the it's Giannis yeah. world in the East. And, you know, I think he's a freak of nature. He's like a great player worth covering. But as you say, you, there's other teams that are doing things. Yeah. You you could say he's a Greek freak. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Roger, man, this has been uh, so refreshing and I'm glad that, I'm kind of like bringing this idea out because I'm just getting tired. Like, okay, Knicks are going well right now. It's only preseason. We're making a big deal out of it. Um, meanwhile, I don't know, Giants are in a playoff run. I don't know. It's just like cover cover what's actually happening, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's celebrate something for once. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's Especially this year. Especially oh. this year. Let's celebrate. Yeah, and a pandemic to win a championship is just tremendous. That is just unbelievable. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Well, Roger, uh, please come back. I'd love to have you again. And um, all right, partnerships. Not not to say if anybody wants to partner with the Browns, but if they do, how do they reach you? And just to partner with you and connect with you, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just shoot me an email, rjones at clevelandbrowns.com. Or 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 connect me on LinkedIn, Roger Jones. Um, we'll love to talk about partnerships. Uh, the one thing that I'll say is refreshing with the Cleveland Browns, uh, our, our ownership group, the Haslam's, they, it's a family ran organization. That's how they run their family, uh, or run the organization. And, um, D Haslam said, said this, uh, I didn't hear it directly, but it was told to me that this is what she always says. Um, it's that they are stewards of a public or organization that's owned by the, by the community. Mm-hmm. It's just their job to make sure that they run it the best that they can and give back to the community. So if, if there's more any, teams felt like that, right. Right. And if that, trust me, th- listen, 
it's why I took the job. When I heard that, I was like, this is where I want to be. And I'll say this, if there's any brands who want really good partners, a really good partner, who's going to help them achieve their goal, but also make an impact, Mm. give us a call. Roger, this has been so great. And to sort of go back to the beginning, is mom around to see this and what she's yeah. doing like every time yeah. you're, you talk about this? So so I'll say mama, mama uh, I was able to take her to that Monday night game. Uh, she had a blast. Uh, well, she took uh, my older brother as well. They had a great time. Uh, mama is, she's around. She actually just called me. Um, I'm going to see her on uh, on Sunday uh and uh i can't wait to for her to see this she's gonna be so happy maybe maybe next time we can get her on Absolutely. I, don't, I don't i don't know i don't know i gotta i'm gonna have to be in town like with the with the computer but um she uh, she's 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 the best i i kid you not i always tell people um so i, I my mom had two sets of twin boys oh, so wow. four boys and a year and a, we're a year and 10 months apart you know so if that doesn't tell you how strong she is, um, she's a very strong, independent, and loyal loyal person. And I'm just fortunate to have gotten some of those qualities from her. It's amazing. I I, uh, I love the statue Atlas. You know the Atlas? And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, you know, my mom is Atlas in my life. You know, she carries the whole world for us. And that's just, you can't, you can't um, forget that ever. And you, you, know, you got to honor that always, so. That's right. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you guys have a great home and, and that you're working towards bigger and better with Cleveland. So, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Roger, this has been a pleasure. If we win, I might bust your chops a little bit in messaging, but, uh, well, who knows? Listen, listen. If you win, absolutely. I accept it. I accept all the trash talk. We might have to just trash talk all the way up to the game. We might have to do, uh, <laughs> We might have to do a simultaneous like live stream or something. Dude, that would be cool. Post game like that. Uh, post game. Post game. Uh, but Alex, listen, this has been so much fun. We are going to do this again. Uh, um, I can't wait. And then you know, obviously, any way that you know you and I can keep building this relationship, and I can help you. Let's Absolutely. do it, man. God bless you, Roger Jones. You are the director of corporate partnerships. I got to remember that. Say it on my podcast because some may not be able to see this. So thanks for talking to me this whole hour. It's been great. And uh, let's do it again. Let's do it again, Alex. Tell your mama I said happy birthday. And hey, have a wonderful holidays. Be safe. Yes. Go thank on. you. Merry Christmas. Stay safe from the snow. I'm sure you guys got it out there. So we'll be Absolutely. in with that. All right. I'm Alex Garrett. Always adapting with us. Take care, guys. That was perfect, Roger. Thank you so much, man.